everybody. Welcome to Steampunk's podcast. This is our second episode. Um, and in this one, I have swapped spaces with uh, Pete, who last week was sitting in the yellow chair asking some questions. Um, and this time around, Pete's sitting on the reclining on the sofa there, looking very comfortable. Um, and we also have Cameron, who's been doing the tech, yep. all the wonderful tech for us to oh, keep the podcast you. working. I don't have the privilege of sitting on the sofa because I need <laughs> to socially distance. <laughs> yeah, socially distanced. And I just finished my shift. I deserve to uh, <laughs> be fully reclined, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Cameron's sitting on the hard chair with all the text. So. I've not done a hard day's work. I don't deserve the sofa. <laughs> um, and I am going to be maybe asking a few questions, but we're just going to be really having a little conversation. Um, when we mentioned to people that we were going to be that we were thinking of doing a podcast, we were asking what sorts of questions uh, people might like to uh, hear the answers of and what topics they would like us to cover and one of the things that came up was uh, people were interested in finding out a bit more about the people who are interacting with them every day <laughs> across the the table and making their drinks and things um, and we've often talked about what an amazing team we have here people with really diverse interests and skills um, and so it's super interesting I think to get a chance to to chat to them um, so I'm maybe gonna start off by asking you Pete a really easy one <laughs> just maybe to talk to us a little bit you're gonna have to make a sound though you can't nod your head yeah no, I'm, I'm up for any question, <laughs> okay. for any question. Um, so yeah could you just tell us a little bit about how you began your journey with coffee how did you get into coffee and uh, what do you like about it so I think first of all, I should probably say I'm coming up for a year being at Steampunk and before being at Steampunk, I obviously drank a lot of coffee. I didn't know how to make it at all and I'd worked in a couple of hospitality jobs um, when I was at university and things, uh, but with coffee specifically, I think... I was drinking a lot of coffee at university, but it wasn't like specifically specialty coffee. Um, it was kind of just coffee that I drank to get me through coursework or exams or whatever, which I'm sure you guys can relate to. Yeah. Um, and drinking like cafetiers, you know, whatever was like cheap to buy. And then in my second and my third year of university when I had my own flat and things I was kind of exploring more of the local coffee shops in in York that's where I was and there was a couple of um a couple couple of roasters in, in York that I was really enjoying and um was also very interested in not just the coffee that I was drinking but the spaces that I was drinking them in, mm -hmm. which I think adds to, I mean, Kath, I think we've spoken before about how, like, you can obviously have a very nice cup of coffee, but the kind of ambience and where you're drinking that cup of coffee adds to the whole, the pleasure mm -hmm. of that entire experience. Um, what sorts of spaces did you find yourself gravitating like towards? quite small places um, and obviously steampunk is small in the sense of 
before COVID times, um, it's it's two floors, but it's quite cozy, you know. And other other places I was kind of going were small spaces that are, were quiet, weren't rammed with with people, you know. Um, still, obviously busy, not like eerily quiet, but people working um, specifically places I think um, my parents used to live in Washington DC and I think one of my favorite experiences of drinking coffee in a coffee shop was in this place called Lincoln Waffles which was an absolute dive like oh my goodness I love a a coffee dive (laughs) but it had like every kind of um like person from social backgrounds and whatever like you name it um they were there like businessmen policemen like um whatever whatever it may be like um. and now that we've reopened you've been pulling some barista shifts yeah which i've which i've been really enjoying i think what what i love specifically about working at steampunk and in, in, um maybe cameron might have something to add to this but i think uh it's very diverse you know i mean i started on just running trays and then um i was on the till and then i was in the kitchen and finally now i'm bracing and it's a really nice skill to have and I think it's almost quite therapeutic in a way like you know like pulling the shots and um, doing the milk and whatever and once you get into that it's almost like a state of flow don't want to sound too hippie but and and learning from each other I think is is a really nice I mean I've learned so much from you like not when I was on till and if we have a quiet, like a quiet day, you know, just asking questions. Mm. And I think everyone that works here, there's no like egos, you know, um, which I, I can imagine potentially at some coffee shops, there's possibly egos, you know, but it has been known. In the ne- <laughs> <industry>. <laughs> never, I never feel embarrassed about asking Cameron or Lewis or Scott, whoever it may be about, um about how I can make the coffee better or like the latte art which has mm. been something that comes last you know because it's probably yeah. not as important as yeah no pulling one's gonna a good laugh shot. at you if you if you pull a rubbish shot and <laughs> yeah. want to know how to like improve it in the future but yeah Mm-hmm. Apart from Ludvika, she might laugh at you. <laughs> Ludvika's a very hard critic. That. Yeah, yeah. It, but it someone's got better. to be. Yeah, it someone's got to be. <laughs> um, yeah, so Cameron, you uh, have been working with us as a barista for a while now. Mm-hmm. But when you came to us, you you didn't. You, I don't think you had barista experience before, no, did I didn't, you? No, no. Yeah, we don't um, tend to hire people who've already got barista experience. We yeah, like to train exactly. People. Yeah. Um, my actual experience with coffee before starting this job was pretty much next to nil to be honest um like I was like Pete who I had just drank coffee through university um lots of tea as well it was probably like a 50 50 yeah. like ratio of what I was having but back in university I didn't really have it, it's I suppose if you'd have like one specialty coffee like a day for 
the entirety of an exam season is going to add up to a lot of money and I just didn't really have the money at the time when I was um, at university like to spend it on on specialty coffee every day although looking back now I should have just bought a Kalita or an Aeropress (laughs) it's just just totally illogical to be thinking I need to spend lots of money to get specialty coffee Um, but yeah um, that was one of the big things for me when starting this job was actually having that that option in the workplace to taste lots of different coffees every day to be able to like develop this palette like that's it's a difficult thing to do if you're not actually in a job which allows you to be doing it every day and yeah for me that was just a really exciting thing to kind of put my time and energy into like developing and and yeah just kind of over the past year it's kind of become like an like an actual like passion for me it's like when I go out with like friends now they kind of know me as the person who wants to go for a nice coffee when we're in, when we're in Edinburgh or whatever and yeah it's um it's just such a nice environment to be working and I'm really glad that I, I found it to be doing as a job big things that I kind of grew an appreciation for like during this job is kind of the sense of like community you can get in like a local in like a local area just seeing the same people like very regularly inside a uh, inside the shop like and then walking down North Berwick High Street I'll just see familiar faces going back and mm-hmm. forward and that's just like a really kind of nice feeling to feel like part of a community in that way yeah. where you just are familiar with like everyone's face and get to have these conversations every day where you learn about what new and exciting things people are doing because it honestly amazes me like how much interesting things people have to say about their lives it's just you'd never gain an appreciation for that just passing them up and down the street but you really do learn so much about other people as well as being able to talk about yourself as well that's and i think that's almost different from working in a restaurant possibly Mm -hmm. because maybe in a restaurant you're literally just going up to the table taking their order and that's it because they don't expect it's it's very rare to have a, a conversation with yeah. your waiter about like each I, other's lives. Because I wouldn't, I wouldn't like I know I wouldn't be in a deep whatever conversation. Yeah. I mean, because that's their sole purpose, I guess, which is a shame. Mm-hmm. But here, it doesn't feel like the sole purpose is just mm-hmm. oh, you want a f- flat white, mm-hmm. make the flat white. Here's your flat white. You know. I do. Yeah. There's, it's like there's, kind of the kind of informality of it makes it such more such a more like welcoming environment i feel not that like a formal environment can't be welcoming as well but yeah just being able to like stop and take some minutes away from doing your job to have a chat with someone is just a really valuable thing subconsciously do when I'm walking past someone in the street Mm -hmm. but I remember like when we first went into lockdown and it was like the hard guidance was just social distance from other people it was it's very kind of like inhuman I feel it's just Mm -hmm. kind of goes against like human nature like back then I remember it makes me quite uncomfortable really a lot of the time like having to to dodge around people in the streets but Yeah. yeah it's just the new normal as people people say just having to adapt and make the most of a bad situation really um, 
Yeah. I've I've really been struck by how differently how differently people have reacted to the situation too and how how people have kind of I guess different levels of comfort about different things, you know, and we will have some people who'll come in order who'll stay way, way back and they're wearing masks and they're really, you know, you can mm -hmm. see they're very aware. And then we'll have other people who just stride right up and stand over the table without a mask and, you know, mm -hmm. um, and obviously don't seem to feel that there is any, any danger in doing that. Mm -hmm. um, so it's been really interesting and it's tough to negotiate that, you know, to, to feel like we're providing a, a safe environment for everybody, including our team. Um, but also one that's welcoming and that's not going to be, that yeah. people aren't going to be offended by. Or, yeah, we um, definitely have it, like, lucky as employees, like, only having to do a takeaway because being in the hospitality industry right now where you're still having to go to tables of six people, mm -hmm. all, like, none of them wearing masks and just talk right in front of them where there's a big cloud of air, like, yeah. air particles in, yeah. in your face. Like, I... I'd be very uncomfortable with that right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's kind of like a, a bit of a gift, really, not having to have that same kind of very close up sitting interaction mm. with so many people in one day. Yeah. Mm. It's something that, uh, again, has really struck me. There's been a lot of conversations I've heard about, you know, hospitality and what's safe and, you know, what's allowed. And I think that this, a lot of this is really done from the perspective of the safety of the customer. Um, so I, I think that, yes, in, in uh, a reasonably large environment, you can sit at a table and have a coffee with a friend for 20 minutes, half an hour, and then leave again. And you've probably not really been at too very much risk, but actually it's more people working in those environments for say 10 hours being in contact with hundreds of people wiping down all the surfaces that people have been touching you know uh, cleaning the the bathrooms um i mean it, it really does put a tremendous amount of risk on people working in that scenario and you know it's a conversation that we've had constantly and you know uh, amongst our team and we've consistently all decided together that none of us feel that it would be safe to open and 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 be open to the public for that reason mm. um and that's why we're we're working the way we are we get asked every day <laughs> when mm. we're going to open um and that's really just yeah. honestly why we, yeah <laughs> and you know what i get that like i you know we worked hard to create a really lovely atmosphere here and mm. i love that people love it you know i i it makes me happy to know that people really want to come and sit in the sofa and sit by the fire and have a hot chocolate and all of that but you know when we're talking about like social solidarity it's solidarity with with all the people working in these environments too it's not just about you know what's safe for for customers and what brings in revenue it's about like keeping everybody safe and I just don't think especially with what's happening now with the numbers which we expected to happen didn't we mm. um the surprise it took this long really that's yeah that's actually it is there. surprising it took this long um mm. but we were ex we were expecting it and we we just never felt we wanted to be in that situation where we were working mm -hmm. in those conditions you know Like, you know, in 
more dangerous surroundings that seems to be the key thing from what I've been able to work out. But yeah, um, it's a really tricky one <laughs> for sure. Yeah. We're just trying to negotiate our way around it in kind of the safest way we, we can. And we've not had, I have to say, like, I, I've always felt very fortunate with our customers. We have, um, our customers seem to be really, like, understanding and, and open to, like, yeah, you know, yeah, listening to absolutely. why we're doing things a certain, you know, particular way. Mm. I've had one incident, I think, with somebody who was really unhappy about not taking cash. Um, right. And that was... You just kind of just got to not worry about that. And yeah. Just put it to the back of your mind. Like, yeah. There's always going to be one or two who just have that have that attitude, and you can't you just can't let it get to you. Yes, yeah. but that's it's always been a it's always been a thing in hospitality. Like you always just get like bad bad eggs like that. Yeah. You know, just customers that aren't going to be happy for a reason that's out of your control. And yeah, a big part of hospitality is learning just how to how to like adapt to that and just make light of it and just move on and don't yeah. let it get 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 you down i guess yeah yeah well my friends thought it was really funny yeah. that i was called a fascist <laughs> because <laughs> I wasn't gonna say anybody it, who yeah, knows me <laughs> yeah, yeah that one didn't bother me too much because like it's, it's quite of, funny it's one of those situations which kind of like escalates past the point of like, an insult and just yeah. becomes ridiculous <laughs> and you know what it, like i actually you know, the reason I, I know a lot of businesses actually because of bank closures and stuff stopped taking cash actually. And we, we never wanted to do that because I think there is an issue with, mm -hmm. with that. Yeah. Um, there are certain groups in society who don't have as easy access to, you know, cards and whatever. So uh, we have some young people who come in, they don't have bank accounts. They want to buy a cookie or something, you know, it's, mm -hmm. and then there's a lot of older people as well who really, um, you know, just have a little amount of cash that they spend in the week yeah. and that's, and they pay for everything with cash. And so, you know, it is, I, uh, yeah, it is really difficult actually to deal with cash, you know, outside of COVID. It's really difficult because of the whole banking situation. But, um, I mean, certainly now we are already washing our hands so often, aren't we, in the day? Like, it's mm -hmm. just crazy how often we wash, wash our hands. And then if you have to wash your hands after every single customer transaction because you're taking cash and I remember doing dealing with the change. Just, just before lockdown, before we closed, I remember when we were still taking cash yeah. trying to do that wash my hands after yeah. every single yeah. cash interaction and my my hands were like a desert after yeah. yeah they were ruined it was truly <laughs> awful i mean it's yeah. pretty bad now still with mm. the constant washing and the constant wiping and the anti-back mm. and everything but yeah i do find those two the two girls quite sweet though when they come in yeah, and they have exactly <laughs> 220 each to get their yeah, to their get their cookie you know the chocolate chip the cookie monsters yeah <laughs> i love it um yeah so i guess i will ask you guys what your favorite coffee is it doesn't have to be one of our current coffees obviously it can be but um what's been your favorite coffee or do you have a particular favorite coffee moment you want to talk um, about I think just generally I've kind of figured out in like the last year or so that I think Ethiopian coffees are just generally my favorite. Like yeah. this, the Bell Mountain that we had recently, which 
I, I know we're getting more of it for yes, next year. Yes, and it's tasting beautiful. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just curious. How you, have you already had like We've had the, yeah, it? the pre-shipment yeah. samples. How does that work? Mm-hmm. I've never really understood. Is so it? they'll send a small amount of uh-huh. coffee because the coffee's been processed. Yeah. Um, so they'll send a small amount and then the uh, green bean merchants will send out samples to okay. roasters and then yeah. we'll we'll choose so it's before the coffee's even landed in the country yeah um yeah so the pre-shipment samples no i'm really looking forward to that already yeah because uh, yeah it's just the it's one of those things where i'm sure it was mentioned in the last episode i can remember from editing it but it's just <laughs> um that kind of eureka moment where you're like whoa coffee can taste like this this is yeah. This is not what I thought coffee could taste like. It's almost yeah. like something different in itself. But um, yeah, no, I was a huge fan of that over lockdown. Just the the limited amount that I had. But <laughs> it's yeah. one of those situations where I was trying to make it like last Eek as it long out. as I can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, uh, yeah, we should have that back in January, I think. Mm. Uh, certainly start of next year. And we're really looking forward to it. And how do you like to make coffee at home? Um, so... For ages, I used an AeroPress. Now, more recently, I've started using Kalita. It's mm-hmm. not actually a Kalita. It's one of those other brands. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'll get a Kalita at some point because it's, it's basically the same thing. It's just like, do you know how they, with these other brands, they just change one thing? It's like rather than being a circle, it's like a hexagonal shape. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> it's, it's actually the only difference. Okay. But um, yeah, no, I've started using that more recently because um, I just think it's, it's a lot more kind of cleaner and delicate like the coffee that I get out of it mm-hmm. um not not that it's uh, a stab at the AeroPress I do I'm still a big fan of it just for its convenience but yeah that's what I yeah. use really oh awesome yeah how about you Pete yeah I was I was thinking about that question and the um the DRC coffee that we had oh in, yeah um I really enjoyed that and also I think particularly I possibly enjoyed it because it was the first coffee that I had when we had like like the initial meetings after that strict lockdown, mm-hmm. when we were thinking about opening up and things, uh, having it outside, um, yeah, I really enjoyed that. And like likewise, I've gone AeroPress at, mm-hmm. at home and have it ground for the AeroPress. I've got like it in mass volumes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I really I really enjoy. The AeroPress at home. I love, as I say, the, the getting into the flow and making a coffee on the machine. Yeah. Um, but for the convenience, like the AeroPress, it's such a yeah. lovely way of making coffee. And me and Kat Cameron's a double a double filter kind of guy. I use two filters in my AeroPress. Yeah. I don't know why, but yeah. I just started doing it. But you, you say, and what does that what does yeah, that what do does then, do? Cameron? I tells. I just. Um, I think it's it's largely because my ground is not very good, so it kind of uh, takes out more of the, the fine particles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think in general it gives more closer to what you'd expect from like a Chemex. You know, like a Chemex right. has like a, a thicker filter. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. just having like multiple so filters, filters kind of has that same effect. Yeah, but yeah. it does make it such a. I think can kind of get the kind of s- the smooth, smooth coffee. If you were to mm-hmm. describe coffee, mm-hmm. I, I feel that the. Um, the AeroPress and the Chemics Kamek, mm-hmm. make a really smooth coffee. And mm-hmm. before that, we, uh, I stayed back with my mum, mum and dad now, and at our family home, they use like a cafeteria in the morning. Mm-hmm. And cafeteria now, it always feels like, 
well, I'll describe it as like rustic. It's tea. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's funny. But well, you know what? It's it, you, it's nice having a coffee with good is. body sometimes. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know? um, like I, it's I really funny like t- a cappuccino. Telling like seeing the difference. Oh, yeah. I I love a cappuccino. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But <laughs> I, I uh, there is definitely when people talk about. Um, smoother coffee and i know mm. i said rustic but you, what did you say chewy <laughs> chewy chewy uh like that that's real yeah. like um... <laughs> sometimes you need that on a sunday morning yeah. uh-huh. um and we have a little brew bar we've set up in here like belatedly but now that we have space that the you know the cafe isn't actually full of you know visitors um we have space and and we're playing around with the coffees on different brew methods yeah. because people do ask us you know oh how does that one taste on like aeropress and, and it's fun um, trying so it's, it's really nice to see the differences yeah. it's fun trying other coffees from all over the place i was mm-hmm. i was going to ask you this at some point but i might as well ask it yeah. on here what what were those um those japanese ones that you got in yes the so oh my god i cannot wait to make co- we haven't made coffee with them yet because it's just been there's been such a so much going on um so yes so this is terasaki coffee in japan uh rio is uh, somebody that ludvika and i met in ethiopia mm-hmm. um this is the cool thing about coffee um he runs uh, a roastery and cafe in japan which looks like the most amazing place and Some i can't wait to go to japan i know i just can't wait yeah. my kids and i are desperate to go to japan and uh we're definitely gonna go and visit him when we do um one day when we're allowed to do things like that again (laughs) um and he sent us this beautiful well we sent him some uh some coffees and a you know a steampunk t-shirt and stuff and uh he sent us some of his coffees and this beautiful uh origami brewer so it looks like a kalita wave but it Mm -hmm. is like a yeah, it just looks like it's made out of origami. Oh, it's wow. beautiful. I'll, I'll, I'll share lots of pictures on, on, our, on our Instagram if people want to see. Um, it's so beautiful. But apparently, so I was asking him today look, what kind of filters, and he said we can use, like, the Kalita filters in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to play around with different filter papers yeah. and see. And did you see that it comes with three beautiful little cups that are all different? That's my favorite part. Oh, my God. I like it's that. so beautiful. Was that on the Facebook reel? Was it? Um, the, oh, the it was Instagram in the re- Yeah. The, did you see Lydia? Because face, her, which you... her Oscar winning performance <laughs> <laughs> and then Rachel oh my god they were so embarrassed they were so it was so funny we're just getting to grips with reels I, I don't quite like it's too too short a format for me <laughs> actually I think probably the reason we're sitting here doing a podcast now is because of your outside activities because <laughs> you very kindly invited me uh, on to your podcast that you run. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you want to tell us a little bit more about how yeah. that all came about. So um, outside of work or before I started Steampunk, I was running a small blog platform called Tell Me A Time. And I was kind of... What did we say I was? I wasn't because I don't add anything. I don't write anything. You're, for you're curator, yeah. Yeah, creator and a curator. I'm a, a, a what? A curator. A cur- curator. <laughs> I'm a curator of a blog space called Tell Me a Time. <laughs> and what Tell Me a Time is is a blog that's very mental health driven. Um, before working at Steampunk. I had a bit of a 
quite a serious lapse in my own mental well-being and at that time I felt very alone and that kind of no one understood how I was feeling which obviously isn't the case you know no one's emotionless and everyone's going through their own own things whatever that may be and when I set up the blog space I was reaching out to people asking if they wanted to write on any emotion that's important to them Um, because I had been journaling and I still journal every day and I found the benefits really really helpful to my own mental state and initially I was meeting with people and we were talking and then I would record the conversation and write it up as a transcript and that was a way of me getting out of the house like meeting with people uh, getting out of bed and um, kind of just having these conversations and then I think after it got to 20 different posts kind of wanted to build it into like a mini kind of like a little social enterprise kind of thing so it kind of feels like it goes full circle because for now every post that goes onto the blog um, a small donation is made to the partners of Heads Together and the South African organization called Waves for Change, which uses like surf and ocean therapy. And now that blog's almost at like a hundred notes and a hundred stories, and um, it's really exciting to see how that's kind of grown organically. And I'm exceptionally proud of it. It's like my baby. I'm yet to write anything on it and people write things on it and don't want to share it and keep it for themselves that's fantastic like i don't i don't necessarily care you know cameron how about um you do you want to talk a little bit about i mean it's no secret that you're the the brains behind the tech of the podcast Yeah. Um, but you've just started a just new degree week. course yeah, this week, this so week. you've been busy. Yeah. So I was like earlier on when I was talking about how when I moved back home like last year, it was kind of like an opportunity just kind of like have a wee reset, just think about what I want to do next, what 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 kind of long term goals do I want to kind of set for myself, and I kind of just realised over the course of this last year that I should just focus on what my kind of passion is really which is just sound and audio really and music in a more narrow sense but just in a larger sense just sound as a whole is like one of the big interests that I have Um, so yeah I've just started this week doing my my new postgraduate which kind of follows on from my background in physics that was what my undergraduate was Um, and now I'm just really looking forward to just spending time learning all about music technology and having opportunities like this to actually put it into practice, yeah. which is which is really, really important, I guess. So Cameron's made the beautiful little sounds that go between our little segments yeah, and at the start of our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and how did you, can you maybe tell listeners how you went about doing that? I did that. Yeah. Um, so, well, like the, the opening thing from the start was just something that I had from my my hard drive because I do just like produce music during free time it's um it's like the same way that 
a lot of people like to, to draw or paint just to kind of vent and relax a wee bit. For me, it's just um, the kind of same thing, really, just sitting down for an afternoon, plugging my guitar, plugging the microphone, just make something for an afternoon. It's just one of the most kind of satisfying and relaxing feelings that I've, that I've really I've really found. Um, yeah, and then I just decided, well, I can implement this in a kind of creative way into this podcast and the the wee interludes are all just playing a a wee wee piano thing. <laughs> it was it was actually just really good fun to try and um try and figure out different ways of presenting a podcast like this. Um I mean, I'll see what I can do this time. It'll be mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. If there's people listening right now, I mean, I'm sure they've already heard what I've done this time, <laughs> which is a weird thought. Um, yeah, yeah. And But you recorded some sounds here at Steampunk, yeah, didn't you? Yeah, of course, yeah. 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 Um, mixed in with that, I tried to add some kind of ambience which captures like the mood of a coffee shop. So you can hear like the roaster roasting beans. You can hear, you can hear like the grinders grinding coffee. You can hear the steam wands, that kind of like classic sound which mm-hmm. you, you always hear in a coffee shop. Um yeah. It's just a it's a bit a, of like a sound of chat in the background, I really yeah, like that too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah really interesting. Yeah. There was like a there was a thing I was reading recently about it was the concept of sound marks. Um it's the way that a place has like a village has its landmarks. It's kind of mm-hmm. these these notes of interest which you might walk past every day, but you're conscious of them being there, but you don't really pay them attention. It was this I was reading a thing about this whole concept of sound marks, these wee kind of background noises which you hear all the time, which characterise an environment, mm-hmm. and it was really trying to capture that same kind of idea, just the kind of notable sounds that you hear in a coffee shop. Yeah. That's what I was trying to do. I think it really did. It made yeah. me feel quite nostalgic <laughs> for when the cafe was open, actually, yeah. when I heard it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that does. I think those sounds do mean a lot to people. I've, I've noticed, because, you know, I, um, in, during lockdown and, and since, and for always, I've been sharing, like, walks and things like that. But I've also sometimes shared clips of the sea. Mm-hmm. Um, and people love, love that. They love hearing the sea. And, mm-hmm. and especially if you live far away from it. But... I guess we just have these background sounds here yeah. in North Berwick that oh, really sum up the place, the, the seagulls. It's, like the, a, it's an ultimate goal of like wherever I end up like settling down to live long term, it'll probably be by the sea. That's mm. one of like the, the main goals I have in life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much for yeah, chatting great. with us. No, I've really, really enjoyed it. It's been really nice. Okay. And yeah, uh, if you thing. guys want to like keep in touch with us, uh, follow us on our social media on Instagram. You can also direct message if you have any questions. If you have any ideas for uh, future podcasts that you would like to or hear, questions you want to ask, or questions you want to ask, me. we're working on all the members of the team coming forward and having a chat. Nobody's if under any obli- any yeah, obligation, do, yeah. <laughs> um, and some people feel less comfortable than others. So you might not hear everybody, but hopefully we'll get a good selection of the team. Mm-hmm 
the team up to to chat and get to know each other so yeah. thank you very right. much for thank listening you. in guys yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Bye. Bye.